0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Hi, this is Dr. Andy Barlow with the Chiropractic Physician Center of Tupelo and author of the number one bestseller, The Code Breaker. Are you sick and tired of the medical merry-go-round? Are you looking for a potential solution to your health problem? Be sure and listen to our podcast, The Code Breaker. Welcome into the Monday edition of the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Thank you, as always, for making the show a part of your day. And as promised today, it's a recruiting show. Zach Barry of Red Cup Rebellion and RebelGrove.com. He's the recruiting guy for uh, Neil and Chase over there at Rebel Grove. And uh, he joined us today, full deep dive into Ole Miss's recruiting efforts. We talked about the recent commits that they just got. Some guys that are already in the class, that have been in class for a little while. Some names to watch on the horizon and all that good stuff. It's a really good conversation uh, from Zach, as expected. I mean, everything he does from a content perspective is high quality. So, of course, this was as well. So, I'm looking forward to playing that for you. Hope that you enjoy this dive into recruiting today. Ole Miss had a good weekend. A guy literally commits as we are recording the podcast. It's pretty cool. Uh, So, we talk about that. And, uh, yeah. So, before we get to that interview, though, of course, I want to remind you that the podcast is brought to you every single day. By LB's just across from Kroger on University Avenue. Go by and see Greg this week. Get one of his daily lunch specials. It is the best lunch in Oxford. I remember getting it when I was in school there. You should do the same. Stop by, see him. Tell him that we sent you here at Super Talk and the Rebel Report. And of course, it's the best place in Mississippi to get your meat. So if you're wanting to throw something on the grill, get it from LB's across from Kroger, University Avenue in Oxford. So here he is right now, Zach Barry. Real quick, I did see that Ole Miss canceled their media op uh, with football today. I think that's just part of uh, the facility being closed right now. I don't think that is a sign of anything for Saturday's game, which is supposed to be the nightcap uh, CBS doubleheader after Army-Navy, which uh, the audience was going to be massive. Uh, There's still some doubt whether or not that game gets played, but if the numbers work out, Ole Miss is going to play. They want to play. They're going to. The SEC wants them to. So uh, we'll find out more on Wednesday, and I'll talk to you about that on this podcast on Wednesday. But right now, Ole Miss has all the momentum in the world on the recruiting trail, and that's what we talked about with you. So Zach Barry, Rebel Grove, and myself talking Ole Miss recruiting, and here it is. All right, and here he is, Zach Barry, uh, Red Cup Rebellion, RebelGrove.com. Uh, guy that, I mean, when you talk about, my career if you want to call it that you were the first person that did anything with me regarding covering sports in the state of Mississippi do you realize that it was what six years ago it was six years ago it was the fall of 2014 yeah
1: I think our first podcast that we ever did together was the night of the Super Bowl I think
0: you might be right yeah
1: the last one with the Patriots, I believe. I think we recorded that evening after the Super Bowl. Oh
0: so. man, that's crazy! So it's been a long time, and now uh, you're well. You run Red Cup Rebellion, so you're a content guy beyond just recruiting. But now you're the recruiting guy at Rebel Grove. Worth the worth the price of admission, by the way. If you don't pay for Zach's recruiting coverage, it's worth it. But today we're going to do a deep dive into Old Miss's recruiting because, like I told you guys last week, I, I don't I don't do recruiting. Zach does recruiting, and so I had to bring the expert on to talk about Ole Miss and their efforts lately, and we were kind of joking before we hit record, but it bears repeating. I I think almost everybody by now realizes that Keith Carter made the right choice this time last year to make a move and to go get Lane Kiffin, but the momentum that Ole Miss has had the last seven days or so on the recruiting trail is greater than the last three years combined.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's, and, and look, I, I, I told somebody this the other day, it's wild that people are forgetting the two highest commits in this class, both uh, committed back in April and May, uh, respectively, in Braylon Brown and Kendrick Breedlove. Uh, Braylon Brown, the four-star receiver out of uh, Florida, plays at St. Thomas Aquinas, and uh, Breedlove out of Nashville. Two of the, you know, one's a 5.9 four-star, one's a 5.8. So the two highest guys, you know, are almost kind of lost in the shuffle because they committed way back in uh, the spring, early summer. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the momentum is is very real. I, I talked to um, several national recruiting guys after the Egg Bowl, and they told me, they said, hey, like, the, we, we don't know how big of a payoff it's going to be in this class just because it's such a weird COVID uh, affected class, but they they told me that all of the momentum was with the rebels inside the state of Mississippi, and um, it, it's starting to pay off now because you've seen um, you know somebody like El- Elijah Sabatini's back in the fold, received a Georgia offer, they were coming after him pretty hard, comes back to Ole Miss after decommitting, and then the big one, Luke Altmeyer, quarterback out of Starkville, longtime Florida State commit. Mike Norvell and, and him that that relationship went back to when Norvell was at uh, Memphis and Lane Kiffin and Jeff Lovey stayed with him, kept recruiting him, never stopped, and uh, paid off. And now he's in Ole Miss's 2021 class.
0: Uh, we'll start right there because uh, there's a few more flip candidates. One uh, made his intentions aware last night, and there's some goofy details around that deal. We'll get to, but. Uh, we'll start with the first flip because there might be a few more even uh, coming uh, yeah. to fruition. But one we know for sure is the quarterback. Luke Altmaier, uh did his commitment or I guess his flip tweet wearing an A.J. Brown jersey, which I thought was a really nice touch. So for those who haven't gotten to see this kid play from Starkville, not really recruited by Mississippi State. They have a blue chip of their own coming in in this class, a guy from Lubbock. So, you know, there's some Mike Leach connection there, but what are they getting from Luke Altmaier, uh, the quarterback out of Starkville?
1: Yeah, that, that was something that, that was one of the first questions and that that's always, uh, a similar thing people ask if you're recruiting someone from Alabama, what well, does he have a Bama offer? Does he have an Auburn offer? Uh, then, you know, with Florida, you know, or the Gators, or the Knolls recruiting him, or the Hurricanes recruiting him, that kind of thing? It was kind of it was kind of silly to see you know, a guy from Starkville that didn't have a Mississippi State offer, but it makes a ton of sense. Like you said, Sawyer Robertson, the four star quarterback from Texas. Leach was recruiting him when he was at Washington State, so when he came over to Mississippi State, just kept recruiting him. It was seamless. They got the commit. And Sawyer's a hell of a quarterback. He's uh I believe he's still playing in Texas right now, um in the uh, state playoffs. Really good quarterback that uh should fit what they do in Starkville really well but yeah uh Altmeier never really looked at Mississippi State I- I'd imagine growing up in in Starkville uh, unless you're just a huge Mississippi State fan and you and you love it eat sleep and breathe it you probably want to get out we-, we see that a lot in Oxford with uh you know J.J. Pegues Brandon Turnage guys that grow up in Oxford you know I, I don't think it's anything against the in you know, the hometown school, I don't think those guys dislike Ole Miss. They just might want to get out and do their own thing. So uh, Altmeier certainly uh, was wanting to do that, being committed to Florida State for so long. Um, but Ole Miss, I, Jeff Levy and Lane Kiffin made it very, very clear that he was their guy. He was their number one quarterback. That's that I believe I have it pretty well sourced, I think, if they weren't getting Altmeier, they weren't taking anyone. So that's something to uh, – you know that that tells you how high they are on him, and uh, also with the quarterback room, they they don't necessarily have to take one, but it's kind of one of those if you can get one that you really like, you might as well do it, and that's what they did. I really like Altmaier's game, and, and I told uh on a, another show I did, I made the comparison, and I and I cautioned, I said, you know, hey, don't jump me yet, like just just hear me out. Uh, I did like a, I did like a top half, bottom half comp, to where bottom half. I see, and, and I'm surprised Ole Miss fans didn't get too angry with me. Maybe Michigan fans will. He's got a lot of Shea Patterson on the bottom half. Moves really well in and out of the pocket. He's got good feet. Um, I think that's one of the hardest things to teach quarterbacks in high school is to uh, you know, be be quiet in the pocket. Don't bail. Don't run. Um, if your first read's not there, he, he's patient. He goes through progressions really well, and he throws off platform extremely well. I saw him at the Elite 11 this year in Murfreesboro, and he – excelled there. He impressed um, Trent Dilfer, the director and uh, several of the other rivals guys that were there were impressed with, with his, uh, with his workout, but bottom half, I I like what he's got there. He's got a good base throws. Well, like I said, off platform, he throws well in the pocket Um, and he's sneaky athletic. He's got a lot of speed. He showed that um, this season that, you know, they didn't play a ton of games with COVID, but um, I believe it was the first game of the year against West point who um, dominates, Uh, inside the state of mississippi every year i believe for a they typically win just about every year they they lost this year but um had a really impressive game with his legs against west point uh a very well coached hard-nosed defensive program over there um top half kind of reminds me a lot of of what you got at at Ole miss right now matt corral now the arm talent is not as high as corral because corral's got nfl arm talent i mean the dude throw 60 75 yards you know standing still in warm-ups um but he's got a quick release he's very accurate like i said off platform when he's moving in and out of the pocket very very accurate on the run and uh he's just very very deliberate and very determined with his football um very good uh, very good thrower uh, of the deep ball good accuracy and as we've seen this season that's what that's what levy and kiffin like to do
0: And that's a quarterback room, like you mentioned. I mean, it's pretty full at the moment. Most people anticipate maybe a transfer or two or, uh, well, you've already gotten one, so possibly even three. So um, even though they didn't necessarily need a quarterback, but uh, good that they have one considering what's probably coming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd anticipate
1: maybe one more, one more defection from the quarterback room. Uh, I'm not sure. I will see. Um yeah Cade Renfro has already uh entered the portal best of luck to him you know it no ill will there just a numbers game that's just kind of his clock's already ticking Only one football yeah he can, yeah, he can only throw one around so um, for him I think it was just a a, a numbers game and uh, he'll he'll look to find somewhere to go play um so no harm in that um all the best to him but yeah I mean Altmire's a guy that I think can come in next season in 2021 uh Probably redshirt if I had to guess. Learn the offense, Matt Corral. You know, seemingly his final season in Oxford next season. Just kind of uh, learn the ropes and then getting a quarterback battle the following season with uh, the guys they got on campus right now and Kincaid, Dent, Isdale, and and John Rice Plumley. If he stays, I don't know if he's going to. And and that's just me. I don't have that sourced anywhere. That's just kind of my opinion. I feel like he might.
0: Uh, Start looking around, but if he doesn't, it'll be a hell of a battle. And then uh, another guy that they've recently gotten in this wave of momentum is a a junior college guy, and that there's two now uh, on Ole Miss's commitment list. Junior uh, college defensive linemen Who, if you if you don't follow recruiting, and that's kind of me, and you pull up uh, the the commitment list and you see these two guys are unranked defensive linemen, and you think, ah, I mean, you know, they need more help than that on the defensive front, but. Uh, they haven't been ranked, is that right? So Jamon Gordon, who uh, is from Meridian, was supposed to go to Auburn, didn't work out, ended up in Scuba, and then this other commit uh, defensive tackle, neither of them have been appropriately ranked yet, correct? So if you're looking at this commitment list, and right. we're about to talk about instant impact defensive linemen, and you see zero stars, don't be alarmed. They just don't have a ranking attributed to them yet, right? That's correct. So, yeah, rivals, They the, the timeline... I'm using rivals it... because who who pays you and stuff
1: (laughs) yeah yeah so they they haven't uh rated junior college players yet and that's just it's hard to yet or at all like are they going to it's coming or or they may not at all so i haven't gotten a clear answer on that and and it's mostly because i don't think anyone really knows it's hard i mean how can you you're gonna have to just look at film uh some junior college guys got some limited playing time this year uh you know there were some teams in mississippi that played um but Isaiah Iton plays at Hutchinson community college in Kansas. They're not playing this fall. They didn't play. They're going to play in the spring. He plans on, on signing early. So he won't have a season this, this year. So, um, unranked, but here's the thing about if you're looking at overall team rankings, I've been saying this, this entire cycle, just COVID reasons. And then the way Ole Miss has been very methodical with, with their recruiting, they're, they're being very selective who they take. And, um, if you take out unranked Juco guys, and then almost has two kickers in this class, Caden Costa is a three-star, Daniel Bethel uh, is a two-star. If you take those two guys out, they're top 15 per average star rating. Um, with them all together, if you include everybody, they're still top 35 in average star rating. So it's quality over quantity right now. Um, they're sitting at, fi- at 15 commits. I anticipate them to add a 16th um, within the hour um to Marcus. Oh, really who's that um, gonna
0: be well <laughs> we'll go ahead and talk about it as if it's real and that and that it happens if it doesn't happen just disregard everything we said <laughs> demarcus smith
1: um from parker alabama uh was committed to ole miss he's a strong side defensive end um big fella 6'4 250 um parker high school excuse me birmingham alabama um decommitted opened things back up wanted to kind of make sure he was making the right decision Narrowed things down to Ole Miss and Mississippi State. At one point, I thought Mississippi State was going to be able to get him. He is—I'm uh, not sure if he's signing early or not. I'm waiting to hear back from him today. Uh, hopefully, I get that answer from him. But um, I expect him to recommit to Ole Miss here here shortly. Uh, Deke Adams has done a fantastic job recruiting him. Uh, going up against Zach Arnett, the defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, I expect him to recommit to Ole Miss and giving them. Yet another long, athletic, big guy to uh, revamp this Landshark defense.
0: Yeah, and if you look at this list, when they do add him today, I I just said, and I mean, it's obvious to anybody uh, with two eyes, Ole Miss's biggest problem among many problems on defense is the defensive line. So that will be two instant impact junior college defensive linemen and now two more pretty highly sought after high school defensive linemen in this class yeah it's piecing together nicely they
1: they kind of have they kind of have a uh, a niche of what they want at each position uh looking at the secondary um outside of Tysheem Johnson who is just a playmaker there's no other way or word to describe him he's just a guy that just makes plays he does it everywhere um he's from Philly uh he goes to Newman Goretti High School they didn't have a they didn't have a season this year he didn't have a senior tape to show anyone but the sophomore and junior tape was enough. He had offers from just about everybody. Ole Miss was able to hold off a couple big name programs uh, to to sign, or they're going to sign him. Uh, he's committed. He's about five nine. He, last I spoke with him, he said he's up to one ninety five. Um, just he's going to be a dude that's going to play close to the line of scrimmage as a uh, strong safety, kind of a a nickel back kind of guy. The the name that always gets thrown out with Ole Miss is Mike Hilton, just because. He was literally everywhere on the football field, and now he's doing that uh, with the Steelers. A lot of similarities there. I've heard a lot of Honey Badger. Um, he's not as big as Jabril Peppers, but I've heard that name thrown out a lot just because of the, the two-way ability there. Everybody else they're signing in the secondary is all at least 6'1", 6'2", and uh, they can really run. So that's what they're getting in the secondary. They're wanting athletic dudes who can make plays and can run. Up front, they're just trying to get bigger and more athletic. Um, you look at Iton and Gordon, both guys 295 and can can get lateral, can move. They're quick. And then uh, Demarcus Smith, long, athletic, can play on the edge, can play a little side if he needs to. He's 250 now, but with his frame, I think they could probably uh, Wilson Love and company could get him in the weight room and probably add a good 15, 20 pounds. And he would be a guy that would be extremely versatile up front. And then another guy we, we, we talk about guys that committed early in the process. Back in July, Jabron Hawkins, J.J. Uh, from Lawrenceville, Georgia, six-three-two forty. 240. Another guy I think that can play on the outside, impact dude, really gets after the quarterback, um, could probably play a little stand-up, you know, 3-4 linebacker if they needed him to. He can really run. And, um, again, that's the theme that they they just want, power five-ready bodies that they can at least get in a weight room, get them a red shirt season, learn the playbook or
0: like Gordon and I talked to be an immediate impact in the two deep up front. You mentioned Wilson Love. Uh, we'll get back to recruiting in a second. This is an observation I made earlier this season. and I want to get your thoughts on it. So um, uh, it's no secret that Ole Miss is pretty bad defensively, but I've noticed that in every game this season, basically every game, you know, with some exceptions, they get stops late and that offense doesn't really ever slow down at all. I keep thinking that every week Ole Miss might be the best conditioned team on the field because how else can you, can you explain a really bad defense who's getting gashed all game long, but late in the games, Kentucky, South Carolina, for example, Auburn, they were getting stops late in the second half. They're able to do that. A bad defense getting gashed, maybe the offense gets tired, but Part of me thinks that they might be in incredible shape because they are so much better in the second halves of games, especially on defense. And I wonder if that's because they're just in better shape than they've been in a while. Well,
1: and you also got to remember that they're the offense they're going up against every day in practice. So they, no, that they're, too, yeah. they're definitely in good shape. You know, I had the, the privilege of being on the sideline for the Egg Bowl and seeing everything up front field level. I will say this, that that defensive staff works their tails off. never stop coach, they they never stop coaching. They're constantly communicating, and you know, you probably talked talked about it on your show already, but Otis Reese was just a godsend in that game. Just the cliche, you know, another coach on the field, um, I, DJ Durkin, Blake Gideon, um that entire staff just using him as just another voice on the field along with Sunogo, Lakia Henry. And, you know, a guy like Tyler Knight has really kind of come into his own on defense and has made a ton of plays. But you also got to remember, you know, Tyler not a big dude. I mean, maybe five, seven on a good day. So they've got these guys out there that are playing hard. Um, and like you said, getting stops late in games. I think they're getting better as a defensive unit and they're trusting the scheme and they're making those plays. And, you know, with all due respect to Tylan, I mean, he would probably admit it, too. I mean, he's not power five size at all but he's still out there making plays so if you imagine this defensive staff and they're getting these these bigger faster more physical um you know sec ready frames in the building uh, the sky's the limit for this defense in terms of adding more playmakers now i don't know if they're going to be able to get to that 2014 level the land shark defense certainly not in 2021 but if you give this staff A recruiting cycle where they can have official visitors come on campus they can meet face to face they can sell their product to parents and and relatives and friends up close and and go inside someone's living room and see them i expect them to not only improve the two deep improve the roster but they're going to go national they're going to go for some big fish they're going to really hone in on probably 10 to 15 national guys and they're going to try to make a splash in 2022
0: It's the most remarkable piece uh, about all this. And um, back in the summer, I I think I talked about this the other day on this podcast, at least. I don't know if it ever made it to the radio show. But back in the summer when uh, Ole Miss was way down in the recruiting rankings and you had the mayor retweeting negative Kiffin stuff. And I I came on this podcast and talked about that extensively, how, uh, look, this year was always going to be tough for Ole Miss because you can't get kids on campus. COVID has really ruined things. And don't listen to people when they say, well, why is Arkansas's class so much better than Ole Miss's? In July, they had almost a full recruiting class. So so don't even look at numbers then. Look at average star ranking and stuff like that back in the summer. Now, after early signing period and signing day in February comes, maybe you can evaluate the classes a little bit differently. But when we were talking about this in July – you had to look at things into context, and now all the momentum that they have is remarkable. Considering everything that we talked about this summer still applies today. The only visitors that they're allowed that that they can have are guys that have to pay their own way and can't talk to anybody. And campus is not what Ole Miss usually is, buzzing with everything going on because kids are. I mean, you guys know what's going on. I don't need to go into detail, but. It's remarkable that they have this kind of momentum that we're about to talk about a guy that they're going to try to flip from LSU that they're flipping guys and they're, they're shooting up these boards and suddenly Ole Miss is really cool to recruits right now, considering that they haven't been able to bring one in for an official visit. Not one. It's crazy what they've done. It's it's to say it's
1: gone according to plan. is kind of odd because of, no official visits. Um, you know, they they had a couple a couple guys that got on campus early. I mean, one that's pr- probably the overall number one target for this class, Taiwan Malone, the two sport guy um, from up in the in the Northeast. He was able to come on campus way back when in February um, to go over. So to he's Swayze. seen it. Yes, he has. He's he's been to Swayze. He's met with Bianco and, and Carl Lafferty and. And Mike Clement in person, he's met with the football staff. He's talked with Jerry Neely and John Rice Plumley about being able to play both sports. That's something that's going to pay dividends as we get closer and closer to February, because as of now, he still plans on waiting to sign. Um, I think Ole Miss is in the lead right there. The biggest competition there is going to be Texas A&M, an SEC program that is certainly in the conversation right now for the college football playoff. And their baseball program is up there in uh, tier one with, with Ole Miss and the SEC and, uh, and is nationally known. But, you know, outside of him and, and a couple other guys, if they haven't come on their own accord to Oxford for an unofficial, um, nobody's been on campus. So what this staff has been able to do, I mean, Kiffin was very, very, very methodical with who he hired. He wanted a good mix of experienced guys in the SEC and around the, the hot areas that they're wanting to recruit, you know, Florida, Texas, the Southeast, Louisiana, um, and then they've got Chris Partridge, the former Michigan uh, staffer who has just been hammering Northeast. You know, we talked about Ty Sheen Johnson from Philly. Um, they're in on another guy from Philly, and Talik Robbins, another impact defensive tackle that they want to get, and I think they will. Um, it's a good mix of experience, tenacious recruiting, and then it, they've got some young guys in there that are very, very, very vocal on the recruiting trail. Um, you know, I already talked about Blake Gideon. I mean, you got you got to talk about Kevin Smith when you talk about young, tenacious recruiters. You've seen what Henry Parrish can do. Uh, he's, he's starting to play a little bit more and more in limited action uh, in the Egg Bowl. Had a couple electric runs, almost got in the end zone at one point. That's something that, you know, Kevin Smith, that was his guy in, there, in that first, you know, the quote-unquote first class they had. They were able to sign him. But it's just a mix of young, experienced And um, just regional, um, you know, experts, if you will, a lot of Florida influence on this staff. You know, Kiffin and and company were at FAU. And then you've got the Texas influence with Gideon, with Randy Clements, the offensive line coach, Jeff Levy. They were both at Baylor at one point. They're from Texas. You've got Joe John Finley, who played at Oklahoma. Um, And hell, last but certainly not least, a lot of NFL um, pedigree on this staff. Finley played in the NFL. You've got several others who, uh, who played. Kevin Smith played for the Lions, was a really good running back for the Lions. Um, so it, it's – they know what they're doing. They have a plan. Like I said, they're being very, very precise with who they're taking. They're making sure that they fit what they're trying to do. Um, if I was an Ole Miss fan, I would be extremely excited with the – you know I talked about ceiling earlier. Uh, the ceiling for this staff is, is potentially very high. Um, if things can get back to some semblance of normalcy for the 2022 cycle, if uh, the dead period can can be ended at, at any point, um, I, I anticipate them doing some really big things in 2022.
0: That commitment did go uh, official, by the way. And you're uh, you're covering it while it's uh, <laughs> while while you're doing this, which is pretty impressive. I did love your uh, uh, your colleagues' graphic. At Rivals, that said, committed again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Committed again (laughs) to Ole Miss. That's pretty good. Uh, That's uh, Chad Simmons there. So that goes official. All right, guys that are not uh, in the boat just yet for Ole Miss. One player in the state of Mississippi. Been a long-time commit to LSU. Played at Jackson Jackson Academy. is a wide receiver. Deion Smith is his name. And although the people down at Baton Rouge think that it's kind of a long shot, at least – there is some momentum, right, on the mm-hmm. Ole Miss side of things, of maybe flipping this kid. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, he I mean, there's. It's no surprise
1: that recruits, especially skill players, are watching Ole Miss this year, and they're like, hey, you know, I, I, I kind of like what they're doing down there. Uh, you know, Elijah Morris breaking records left and right. Matt Corral's doing it. Um, probably one of the most exciting offenses in college football, in their four and four, which is which is wild to say, but. I mean, Matt Corral is every bit as uh, good statistically uh, as Mac Jones, as Kyle Trask, Elijah Moore. um, You know, Devontae Smith got him because he played this week, Um, but they're going back and forth for most receiving yards in the country. Um, The message is resonating with recruits, and and Deion Smith is a guy that I think is at least giving it a second thought. Um, Still holding firm right now with LSU. He told me earlier this morning he does plan to sign early. Kind of depends on how you look at it. There, uh, you know, on one hand, you could say, well, he's signing early; he's going to stick with LSU. He's made up his mind, um, or could be rethinking some things. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to sign early, but I'm going to give Ole Miss a look here because they've got a ton of momentum right now. They've uh, they're going to add a couple more this week, and they're trying to continue to build this wave as we head towards December 6, uh, 16th. So. I think Deion Smith is, is certainly thinking about Ole Miss right now. I, I talked to some folks uh, last weekend. Um, early in the week, they said, ah, you know, I think he's going to stick with LSU. Because, look, they're they're kind of a disaster on the field right now. We, we, we know how bad Alabama beat them. But LSU is consistently getting the ball to receivers, and they're putting guys in the NFL. I mean, you had um, uh, his first name is is just – out of my brain right now but Jefferson plays for the Vikings um went over a thousand yards uh, this past week um so he's having a big rookie season and then LSU's got you know Terrace Marshall he opted out but he's going to be a high draft pick so it's not like LSU is not getting the ball to receivers and, and getting them the football and, and giving them the ability to make plays but you also you can't discount the Rebels here Derek Nix has, has stayed on Dion the whole time um they're Really, really working him right now and trying to flip him uh, to join this class. And you talk about Dion, and then another guy that's working to flip, and I think they are going to, decommitted for Mississippi State. Wasn't Ole Miss committed one time. Brandon Buckhalter, another big-bodied receiver that they want to add to this class, 6'3", 210, um, finished up his senior year at Hartfield Academy over there in Flowood. Um, I think they're going to add him to this class. And then last night, big development. McKeel and Pounders, the offensive tackle from Byhalia, decommitted from Mississippi State, been a long-time uh, commit for them. Uh, believe he committed back uh, in April and uh, been kind of going back and forth with if he was going to stick with Mississippi State, uh, released a top five. And um, I think a lot of people kind of knew, like, well, if he's releasing the top five, even though he's committed, he's obviously rethinking some things. And then, uh, yeah, pulled the trigger last night, decommitted, And right now, the buzz and all the momentum is with the Rebels for him.
0: Yeah, I I do love, uh, on that note in particular, I I do love how people react to recruiting sometimes. I I just put this on Twitter, too, not too long ago. But (laughs) if a guy flips to your school, it's all awesome, great, yeah, sucks for you, other school, we got this guy. But if a guy flips away from your school, you uh, cry about how this generation doesn't know anything about commitment. And then on top of that, the, uh, the spin today is how it was actually uh, – they caught a coordinated attempt for Ole Miss to maximize uh, mm. PR for getting him to flip on signing day, and they sniffed it out and got him – or pulled his scholarship, Mm-mm. so yeah. that's why he decommitted. Now um, – the old, the old not mad actually laughing. Yeah, and if that is <laughs> – if that is exactly what happened, that's still not good. I mean, you're saying – that, oh, this kid was going to flip from us to old Miss and we caught it, so he f- did it a few days earlier. <laughs> Ha-ha, LOL. Like, what? Th- that's, uh, I mean, it's still not good for you. If you caught it or not, the kid's not going to school right. there anymore. So, I mean, yeah what are I you mean, talking you
1: could, about? You could look at, you know, look, it, Mississippi say, okay, we know that he doesn't want to come here. Okay, that's fine. Wish him well. Best of luck. Now you can focus on trying to replace him and go find another offensive lineman that's on your board. That's fine. Just say that. Um, yeah, the whole – okay, so he's got to commit a little bit earlier. Well, all right, well, that just gives Ole Miss more momentum going into early signing period. So uh, Ole Miss will take it either way. They don't care. Um, Pounders is a another impressive prospect that – and I, I tell people all the time with this cycle as well is, you know, look, don't, don't look at Stars – Look at who their who their who their offers are, and watch the film. Um, I talked to a, a former college offensive lineman last night, just kind of getting some feedback on his film. And you know, hey, this is what I'm seeing. You know, what are you seeing? And he kind of said the same thing I was. A, a power five frame, and kind of like the build that you want for an offensive lineman. He's every bit is every bit of six four, six five, and about two seventy five. Plenty of room to add some add some some beef on there but he moves well uh played i think damn near every snap for bahelia this year at tackle can get out on you know can pull and get out get the second level punish some linebackers and uh if a secondary guy gets in his way well he's gonna try to put him on 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 tape in in a very 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 rude way um so he's got the The classic mean streak you look for in in an offensive lineman, he finishes blocks downfield with a punch. So, um, yeah, I expect Ole Miss to add pounders into this class as well. And that's just, um, again, looking for a certain skill set for each position. Um, You've got Cedric Nicely, the offensive lineman from Gainesville, Georgia, and then Micah Pettis from Madison, Alabama. Uh, Both of those guys, 6'5", 6'7", 305, 320. Long, athletic guys that can move well. And look, I mean, as much fanfare as Ole Miss has gotten through the air with Corral and Elijah Moore and Dontario Drummond, Braylon Sanders, and uh, Kenny Yeboah, Jonathan Mingo, they've, they've done it all through the air. But this Ole Miss team has quietly led the SEC in rushing. So that offensive line has gotten better and better, better under Randy Clements. And if they can, they're going to want to pound the rock and run the ball and be physical Jeff Levy uses that word a ton when he's talking to the media and uh, when they're talking about it on Twitter. Fast and physical, that's what they want to be. So they want to get some offensive linemen in there that can road grade and can open up some holes for Jerry Neely, Snoop Connor, Henry Parrish, and anyone else that's running the football. So um, Pounders joining the fold is going to be
0: huge. And another guy that is fascinating to me is MJ Daniels. Uh, So he's kind of been all over the map uh, based on my limited knowledge. He seems to be in which you should, you know, if you're only going to be recruited one time, you might as well enjoy it. But he strikes me as someone that is enjoying uh, the recruiting process. Uh, Currently committed to Mississippi state. A lot of people think this is a big time sleeper in the class. I know he's the number six player in the state, but uh, currently listed as just a three-star. A lot of people think his ability is far beyond that. So is there any any thought here? I mean, apparently Texas A&M's in the fold for this guy. Yeah, I, I would honestly say right now A&M is the favorite.
1: Uh, MJ, another former Ole Miss commit, really blew up. He he hit a, a growth spurt before his senior season, 6'3", 190, can really run, plays everywhere uh, for George County uh, and the Rebels down there his former teammate McKinley, uh, Jackson is in college station as well. So they're using that as kind of a, you know, Hey, like come play, come, come reunite with your former teammate, uh, come play here. And they, uh, they can utilize him and, you know, whether that be corner safety or uh, maybe on offense as a, as a receiver. Cause he's like I said, six, three can really run. He's athletic, really good ball skills. Uh, I think that's an A&M Mississippi State battle right now. He is committed to Mississippi State, but they are holding on for dear life. Uh, Jason Washington's done a nice job recruiting him. But, yeah, he's a guy that after decommitting from from Ole Miss um, back in the summer, he's added some impressive offers. You know, Wesley McGriff and Auburn are trying to get him. Georgia, Charlton Warren, the DB's coach at Georgia, really likes him. Uh, Minnesota, who's dipped into Mississippi for Justin Wally, the brother of Jaden at Mississippi state who dare i say had a monster of a game in that egg bowl um as a true yeah, freshman and
0: his, his brother is committed to minnesota
1: yeah. right now yeah you know pj fleck rode the boat they they came down to to mississippi um and they uh they they got his commitment i don't know if he's going to stick with it i think he will but you got to think the pool to go play with your brother uh in starkville is going to weigh on him but yeah, MJ, I think, is, uh, is, is going to end up in College Station. Um, I'd, I'd put my money on, on College Station or, uh, or Starkville, sticking with that commitment to, to Mississippi State that he made back in September. But um, I don't know if Ole Miss is still in it at all. I think that they're kind of looking elsewhere. Uh, you talk about defensive backs. Uh, Ole Miss is, is in it right now. I think they lead for Markevious Brown, the cornerback from IMG Academy. Originally from Pahokee, um, if you if you know anything about Pahokee, Florida, you know that, that, that that's where speed comes from. If you uh if you want to have some fun, do a quick YouTube search of Pahokee and watch how they uh they chase jackrabbits for speed training. It's really cool. Um, but uh yeah, played at IMG, started on their defense, made some plays for them this year. Uh, probably gonna get another national title after an undefeated season. Um, that's probably. If I had to guess the last defensive back they're going to take in this class, um, I think MJ is either sticking with Mississippi State or he's going to head to Texas A&M.
0: There's a linebacker who went to school right up the road from where I sit right now. Um, If you look at the offer sheet, not impressive at all, but, man, the way people talk about him and have talked about him lately seems to indicate that John Lewis from Germantown is – uh, a massive sleeper in this class as well in a position of, as everybody knows, significant need for Ole Miss at linebacker. So where did this kid come from? Because he went from, <laughs> I mean, went from nothing to a top 10 player in the state and getting offers from Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Florida State. And suddenly it's like, hey, this kid's a player, but where did he come from? Man, you want to talk
1: about just out of nowhere, Um Played a ton for Germantown. Just, uh just look. They can't see. They can't find them all. Yeah, uh, you know, the the guys that work the southeast, uh, Chad Simmons, um, and the rest of the crew at Rivals, man, they they work their tails off and they are everywhere. Chad, my, my guy, runs up the mileage on on his on his truck, going around and, and trying to see everyone, but they can't see everyone. So John Lewis is just a guy that just kind of slipped through the cracks, and uh, man, had a monster senior season. Um, I mean, close to 90 total tackles had double digit sacks, um, kind of blew up. And then, uh, Ole Miss commit Luke Altmyer. Uh, when I talked to John, he said, you know, that was kind of when his recruiting took off was Luke retweeted some of his film. And I mean, this was back when, when Altmyer was a Florida state commit and, and John told me, he said, Hey man, Luke helped me out. He told the coaches at Florida state, Uh, to give me a look, and Ole Miss was the first Power 5 team to offer him, and then since then, you had Florida State follow up with an offer, and Mississippi State, and then uh, Jackson State, I believe, has reached out, South Alabama, Um, and then uh, Central Arkansas, who, uh, former Ole Miss Rebel, uh, Taylor Polk is a coach there, submitted an offer, Uh, the Purple Bears are doing their best to fight off the Power 5 schools, but I don't think it's going to work, but, um, yeah, Ole Miss leads for John Lewis right now, which, You want to talk about a guy that's size, speed, ratio, and SEC frame? I mean, 6'4", 225, that'll work at linebacker. Can really run um, another versatile guy. The staff, they want guys that can play multiple positions and they can do a lot with on this defense. DJ Durkin and Chris Partridge have done a nice job shuffling things with the scheme, moving guys in and out, putting guys in position to make plays. We already talked about Tyler Knight. They found a spot for him on that defense to utilize his skill set and to make plays. And John Lewis is another guy, you know, can play. I think he can play inside. He's listed as an outside linebacker. I think he's big enough. You, you talk about Wilson Love and, and that and that strength and conditioning staff. They get him in a weight room, probably get him up to 235, 240, um, can really run, very athletic, and he's long. Um, I think that's where he, he, he makes a lot of hay, making plays, fending off blockers, finding the football and, and, and locating it and, and making a tackle. That's what this Ole Miss defense needs. They need speed, and they need to get uh, they need to get bigger at linebacker, but also faster. And I think that he's a guy that fits that mold. He can give them a lot to work with with uh, his frame and his speed.
0: And uh, the the la- and I'll ask you more because uh, I I tried to do as much uh, research into this as I could, but you obviously would know more than me. The last guy that I know that at least they're looking at is somebody that is way down on the, the state rankings. There are some people that aren't exactly thrilled with the way Mississippi is ranked, but uh, Ty Cooper, uh, defensive end from Louisville, and he seems like another guy that is wanted, at least in this state, by a lot of people, right? And what what's the deal here?
1: Yeah, from Louisville, um, typically, uh, I'm not from Mississippi, but I, I cover— The state for recruiting, but the folks that I know that are born and raised in Mississippi and and, and follow recruiting closely, Louisville is typically a place that Mississippi State recruits very well at. Um, Now, Miss did get a Shanti Seastrunk a couple years ago um, and uh, linebackers, so they've had success there. Um, Ty Cooper, in my opinion, there's just times in, in recruiting when it's, you know, ultimately what you do in recruiting, and now I'm was very very lightly recruited in my day, but I I wasn't fielding the offers that that, that Ty is. But at the end of the day, you're going to have to tell someone no, and and you're going to have to you know deliver some bad news to uh, someone that you've built a relationship with, and and that's hard. I mean, whether it's recruiting, whether it's in you know during your day job or something else, I mean, it's hard to tell people no and to and to, uh, you know. <laughs> hurt someone's feelings for, for lack of a better, uh, phrase there. But I think this guy's just legitimately torn and, and is struggling with, with what he wants to do. Uh, I think he, uh, he sees an impact he can make in Oxford and in Starkville. And, uh, he's, he's, he's kind of sweating it out and, and going to take his time. And he's a very soft spoken guy. I've talked to him a couple of times. He, he doesn't say much. Um, and I, and I, and I do think that it's, it's honestly, um weighing heavy on him this decision that he's going to have to make here in uh in nine days so um right now i I would honestly and and this might be a cop-out answer but it's a toss-up i think uh i'd give a slight edge to mississippi state right now um you can't argue with what mississippi state has done at the defensive lineman position um whether that's defensive tackle defensive end they have a lot of guys playing on sundays and uh i think that that's something that has been pitched to him and then on the Ole Miss side, Deke Adams, who was recruiting him when he was at Mississippi State a year ago, is now at Ole Miss. He's done a fantastic job recruiting him as well. Chris Partridge and the rest of the defensive staff has chipped in. They know, um, or should say, Ty knows that he is, in, you know, he's wanted in Oxford, and obviously the impact that he can make with a defense that has some holes to fill. Um, we've already talked about how I think this Ole Miss defense has gotten better as the year's gone on. But they're still a ways away from from getting to where they need to be to compete for the SEC West. And Ty Cooper would be a dude that they'd love to add into the fold. And I think he could be a day one contributor. I don't know about a day one starter, but I think he could be someone that plays a ton as a true freshman in 2021.
0: Is there anybody else that fans should be looking out for? So we have early signing day in, oh, I'm not good at math. Is it nine days? Yes
1: nine days as we record this the 16th is uh, that Wednesday that the early right. signing period will begin
0: so is there anybody else in these next nine days that people need to, to look in on and just kind of keep on their radar as far as guys that they may be going after and I, I imagine it'll be similar to last year as well even though it was a transition class they're, they're trying to get guys and looking at guys that I mean a lot of us may have have no idea they're even working on. Kind of happened last year. So, is there anybody that you know of that we should keep an eye on? You know,
1: honestly, I think we've talked about everybody. Nice. Um,
0: this because like you, you said, touched on Malone, the three hundred pound tank bomb hitter who also yeah. plays <laughs> defensive tackle. That's yeah. a guy that they need just from from a content standpoint. That dude playing defensive tackle, stepping up. Uh, playing first base and then stepping up to bat and hitting tank bombs at three ten is going to be awesome.
1: Yeah, play some receiver at Bergen Catholic too. If you want to YouTube that, uh, oh gosh. <laughs> um, you know, I think we've 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 honestly talked about everybody. This staff is. I don't think they're going to have any surprises. Um, I, I think that they they're going to take who they think fits what they want, and if they can't get it, they're going to be patient and they're going to really dive into the transfer portal. Ah, uh, the only two names we haven't touched on that I think are still out there um, for a possible flip would be at tight end, um, Jalen Sheed, the the tight end from Olive Branch, Mississippi. He's committed to LSU right now. I know they really like him and they're really, really, really pushing for him. And then uh, Stetson Moore, who's at uh, at Pearl River. He's committed to Liberty. Um, really, really intrigued with what Ole Miss has done at uh, a tight end with Kenny Yaboa. I talked to him a couple months ago and um, he was really excited. Um, I believe I talked to him after the Alabama game and um, he liked what they, what they've done with Yaboa this season. I think if Ole Miss were to offer him that uh, he could flip from uh, Liberty to Ole Miss. Um, And then there's one more kind of long shot that they're still recruiting. uh, And that's the Tennessee commit Hudson Wolf from, uh, from Tennessee Um, they really liked him. Uh, it was pretty much came down to Ole Miss, Ohio state and Tennessee. He committed to Tennessee way back earlier in the year. Um, Tennessee's struggles on the field might give him some pause. Uh, their offense has been sputtering. They really don't have a quarterback right now. Um, but if you look at Ole Miss, they certainly have quarterback and, uh, they have a plan on offense and they know what they like to do with their tight end. So those are three names that I would keep an eye on as we uh, get closer and closer to december 16th so other than that michael i think i think that's everybody i mean like huh? i said this this staff is is gonna stick to their guns and they're not gonna go chasing anyone just to you know sign a number they're gonna they're gonna be patient and like i said the the portal for ole miss and for everybody else is going to be instrumental for uh
0: completing a roster for next season For sure. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your time so much. RebelGrove.com is where you can get his recruiting info, Red Cup Rebellion, and on Twitter at Zach Barry. Zach, man, I appreciate your time. We've got to do this again soon. Absolutely, Michael. We'll do it again after signing day. A Super
1: Talk Mississippi media production.